It's another Sunday night in radio, and it's the start of another new wave. Only this time, we're talking punchlines, not pandemic, comedy, not COVID. There's a new generation of Canadian comics taking over the stage and network TV right now. And we have three of these crowd killers tonight on the panel. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby! It's Sunday night in Toronto. We are here on 640 Toronto and, of course, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide, North America-wide, Planet Earth-wide on the Global News Radio Network. Brought to you, as always, by our fabulous friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. Tonight, we are talking new wave of comedy. So the new crop of comics that are taking over the landscape in Canadian stand-up. Uh, not just stages here in Toronto, but network TV. Once again, our friends over at CBC Gem are shining a spotlight on who are the new faces in comedy and what, what the comedy landscape is going to look like coming after this sort of two-year, let's call it, incubation period. I don't know if words like incubation and new wave are triggering right now, maybe, but whatever. Live comedy is back. It's a thing. We got some new faces. I got our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm very excited. Yeah, this uh, the new wave of comedy on CBC Gem, but uh, a next wave, a next generation of talent coming through. That's They've right. They've been working at it for a while, obviously, but now it's like, you're putting names to faces. They're getting the airtime they deserve. They're getting the oh, right would... they deserve. And also, after the last two seasons of this show, it's finally nice to use the words new wave in a context other than disease, again. Yes. Yes, <laughs> to no be more. on a news station and say the words new wave. Yeah, everybody freaks out. Hearing. Their ears go up. <laughs> right? Freaks your ears up. But actually, we're just talking about comics now. But it is quite interesting because, you know, and we're, we're going to get into this with this panel. But, you know, Vince, the way it always sort of worked in Canada was uh, comics had to sort of, they had to go out and audition. You know, you would go and showcase at the clubs and try to get signed. You would try to get on the new faces showcase and the homegrown showcase at Just for Laughs. It seems like there's been this sort of flip in Canadian comedy where now the networks and the festivals they're going out and looking at okay who's the talent out there who's running these indie shows who's booking their own festivals and launching their own albums they're going out and seeking out the talent and they're putting them on tv and they're putting on galas it's sort of it feels like a good reversal in a way that's happening I mean obviously you know it's still an industry there's still the gatekeepers and and the powers that be and all that stuff but it really does feel like the paradigm has shifted a bit here towards the comics and that's who we're seeing on stage and on screen right now. So we do have three of these comics. So it's the second season of this new wave of comics brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you watch literally anything but the news more clearly. For the love of God, whatever you do, do not watch the news with your Hakeem Optical glasses. It is a terrible world. Look out the window. Do some people watching. Go outside for the first time in tears. Just don't watch the news. We have three of the Canadian comics and comics from right here in the Toronto scene. Who's on stage in Toronto? Who are we seeing on network television? Who are we seeing at festivals and clubs coming up now that everything is springing back to life? We will go around the panel. We have Hodo Hersey on the air with us. Hodo, how are you doing? I'm good. I just um, regret 
uh, using a tissue on Zoom right now. It's just so embarrassing. I literally just like went right in. So embarrassing. This is the way radio, I mean, thank, thankfully in comedy, you all are back to actually being on stage telling jokes in front of actual real live humans again, which is great. Yeah. Uh, that's where we want to be at finally after two years. Not quite in radio though. It's all still Zoom. We're recording here, Vince Tedesco and myself from our little COVID radio bunkers. I am coming to you live on the air from the palace of cat hair and failed dreams. But comics are live on stage again. Uh, also on the panel, joining us for the first time, we have Janelle Niles. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And you are all on this second season of this new wave of comedy on CBC Gem, which we're going to get into what this show is all about, where you taped it and all that stuff. Because really, the last little while, it has been incredible to see how many new comics CBC Gem is putting the spotlight on. I mean, we're seeing comics on festivals that we all knew and we all came up with in the Toronto scene. We're seeing them pick up shows like Tall Boys and put comics on the air that really never had these opportunities before. Industry-wise in Canada, it's about time. This should have happened like five COVIDs ago. But anyways, we'll get into it. Last but certainly not least, another comic we've been wanting to have on for quite a while. Allie Pierce is with us. How are you doing? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I mean, so, you know, you, you all are, you all did sets on this second season of the show. And, and as I said, I mean, CBC Gem has really been coming out of the gate lately with sketch shows, new sitcoms, and a lot of comics and performers that we all know from working together and sort of traveling in the same circles in the Toronto stand-up scene. Uh, but as Vince and myself were saying at the start of the show, it feels like, and even COVID aside, it feels like there's been sort of this paradigm shift this sort of reversal in Canadian comedy where you know you all know when you were first starting out it was always about going and trying to showcase at the clubs and trying to get on the festivals and all that stuff which yeah that's still the case but with shows like this it seems like the industry has finally smartened up to the fact that they should go out and see who's on stage and who's producing shows and festivals and albums and put them on TV and put them on festivals. They should go seek out the talent and not the other way around. It really feels like that's what's finally happening in Canada right now. And I'll really throw that to any of you. I can't actually, the States had a monopoly on comedians for a while and Canada needs to step up if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. I mean, even if we go back a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, Kevin Hart rolled into JFL with his LOL network and just started greenlighting Canadian comics. And we were all going, it took this one American to come here and go, wow, there's so much talent here. This is who's on stage in Canada. I'm putting you on TV. I'm putting you on TV. I'm putting you. And we were all going, why didn't our own industry do that for decades? <laughs> it took yeah, I think the most egregious example I can think of is uh, when Lorne Michaels, like he originally pitched SNL yeah. to, I think, a Canadian network. They turned it down and then he took it to the States. And I'm like, yeah, God damn it <laughs> you know it is yeah. so crazy i mean you know and in the last few years it's always been a big talking point in canadian comedy and certainly on this show but i mean even in the last few years it feels like it's really come to the forefront i mean we had the saw the whole formation of cask and there was that whole struggle with comics trying to get their residuals from airplays and try to be recognized as an art form and get government funding because it is so crazy it's like comedy is our biggest export in canada that's what we do we create comics in this country just not here at home for whatever, for whatever reason. Yeah, it seems it feels like when as soon as a comic 
kind of reaches their ceiling here, they they leave because they kind of don't have a choice. What I think is cool right now is like there's venues um, like Comedy Bar, for example, in Toronto, which is really great. They independent they are independent of other clubs, so they have producers come in who have the you know they have way more creative license in booking shows and deciding yeah. what they want to do. So I think because people are selling out shows without like a major, you know, chain behind them. They're exposing audiences to comics that probably wouldn't be seen ordinarily. So that's really exciting. And do you think Ali, I mean, cause one thing I want to get into is just how much the landscape has changed in Toronto. And again, it's not just the pandemic. It's just in general, this sort of shift that's, that's been happening, but Toronto was always sort of treated as, just a springboard in a way it was like you would come from whatever scene you came from come here try to get the handful of festivals and and enough credits to get your visa and then take off that's really what it was and if you look at comedy in the last few years in toronto it's a hugely different landscape from what it was a few years ago a lot of those sort of heritage clubs and 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 rooms don't exist anymore. A lot of the sort of top dogs in Toronto comedy have long since left. They either went back to their hometowns during COVID or they got their papers and went stateside. So I think the three of you, and in general, this, this showcase on CBC gem is really representative of this is a snapshot of what Canadian comic comedy looks like right now. Here's who's on stage in Toronto right now for all of you. Do you think it's more, is it more of a goal now to just stay here and work at home? Is it, is, is it more about building something here and not necessarily just treating this as a launch pad? Um, I, oh, sorry, you, you, you go. Janelle, you're going, you're going. <laughs> All right. So um, I was actually told by a Toronto uh, comic who's an up, uh, like up and comer. He's like, get out of Ottawa as fast as you can, <laughs> because unfortunately there is uh, nothing here. I've been booked uh, festivals from like going to a Calouette to Vancouver and uh, the River Creek Casino. And that's where the uh, the big shows are. Like we need more big shows in the nation's capital. And uh, unfortunately, I'm actually going to the States. <laughs> I got booked in uh, Tacoma, Washington in June. So uh, Canada better step up their game because I, I'll, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> you know, you better help me out here, help her out. But I'm happy I got to rep the East Coast, so. Well, yeah. and Janelle, I mean, there's, you know, I always, I always wondered, like, what is in the water in Ottawa? Like, what is it about Ottawa that, you know, in Toronto, we always talk about how it's this sort of like buttoned down bureaucratic gray suit town, which yes, it is. But I don't know if that's the reason why so many of the greatest comics in this country have always come out of that scene. And it's like a two club scene. It's always funny watching Ottawa comics arrive in Toronto because they're like, wait, I don't get paid for this. <laughs> Three I have to go and do five quick. minutes in front of other comics that don't care. <laughs> it really, it really is good to finally see this sort of shift happen where comics are realizing, okay, we can just now build our own stuff in Canada. We're kind of sick of waiting for somebody else to do that for us or waiting for an industry to just let us in. We're just going to now build it ourselves. And really, I mean, we've been talking about this a lot the last couple of seasons during COVID. That's mostly what was happening. It was comics just going, well, I have to make something happen for myself. I have to start building stuff. There's nothing else going on. And I think now that we're coming out of this, that's what Canadian comedy is going to look like now. It's going to be all of you. It's going to be the comics that's that are literally running the show. Uh, all right, I want to get into what this showcase is all about. We are in season two of the next new wave of comics on CBC Gem. We'll come back with our panel right here on Inside Jokes. 
name is Allie Pearson. You are listening to Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Because the world is stuck in 2020 and now your vision can be too. COVID apparently doesn't want to end, so I'm going to keep using that plug because I enjoy that one, even though it's terrible. Anyways, we're, we're talking about the new wave of comics being featured right now on CBC Gem, which again has really, finally the networks are starting to do a good job of promoting Canadian comics and what Canadian comedy actually looks like. And also, I mean, here's something that I wanted to get into with this panel as well. I mean, we have a panel right now. You are not the entire cast of the show. Of course, there's other comics featured on this season that all tape galas for this. But I feel like the three of you are all very much representative of what Canadian comedy looks like now as well. I mean, first off, three female comics, which was always in Canadian comedy not that long ago. You were never just called a comedian. It was always like, and now our female comic. And you would be like the token comic on a show. I'm sure you all know that coming up. Uh, but you're all representative of what Canadian comedy looks like now. You all come from different cultural backgrounds. You all come from different roots that you talk about in your material. And you are all female performers so I really wanted to get into that with the three of you since all of you started out and coming up in mics and going out and you know honing your first five and all that and sort of coming up the ladder how much has the landscape changed in that way do you feel like there is more finally more of a parody now in comedy or at least we're finally in the steps towards getting there there's definitely been a shift I mean I, I've only been doing stand-up for five years and I mean two of them we weren't inside but <laughs> yeah two of them weren't great yeah, yeah two of them, not the best um but it has been interesting like I felt when I started you know in 2017 um I felt actually quite welcomed and I don't think that was always the case like I think that um you know even seven eight years ago and I'm sure like Hodo, you can probably speak to this a little bit better, but it's like, there was a very, there's a very different energy now. And I think it's speaking to like, for example, I don't know um, Janelle's journey as well, but like uh, Hodo, like, you know, when, when I started, I felt like very invited because I think the women who started before me were, there was a lot of pushback when they started and the generation like just before me was like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. So yeah. I felt a, a, a stronger sense of mentorship, which I've, I've, I really, really benefited from and found, you know, the network and the community was just, it was a different type of welcoming that I don't think existed before. And, and it's something that I try to extend to new comics in the scene because it's, it's not easy. Like if you do a mic, it's not fun for the first time, you know, <laughs> yeah. so it takes a while to like enjoy the process. And uh, if you feel on top of everything, on top of the nerves and the writing and all that stuff, like, like you're not welcome there. That is bad. <laughs> well, and I mean, it's really not that long ago. Like I remember, you know, 10, 11 years ago coming to this city and, you know, this is when comedy war bar was a brand, brand new little basement venue. And people were like, what is alt comedy? What's this new thing people are doing? But you'd go to the Rivoli on Monday nights. That was sort of the place where all the, you know, yuck yucks comics would go to work out new material and all that. And I mean, the comics that came along, as you were saying, sort of a generation ago, Christina Walkinshaw is one name I always go back to. I mean, Christina Walkinshaw came up at a time when really there weren't a lot of female comics that sort of paved the way for her. She really did sort of 
blaze a new path in a way for a lot of those comics that we now see working in LA and New York, you know, the Julia Ladkowitzes and the Steph Tolevs who, who really became sort of the top tier comics in this scene. Comics like Christina Walkinshaw and, and Von Hagen and a, and a really a handful of others were the ones that came along and just sort of had to push their way through that landscape that really wasn't there for them before. Hodo and Janelle, I mean, for both of you, you also come from much different backgrounds, even more so. I mean, Hodo, we were talking about this last week with uh, Salma Hindi was on the panel and we were talking about how Muslim comics, there was nobody that was doing this material before you came along. I mean, before comics like yourself, Salma Hindi, Noor Hadidi came along, there was nobody that you could look to and go, okay, well, they're talking about this stuff on stage. There's sort of a pathway there for me. It just wasn't a thing, especially in Canadian comedy. Yeah, no, for me, um, I mean, August, this August will be like my 11th year in comedy. Do you know what I mean? So when I yeah. first started, there was literally no one that looked like me. I mean, I had, uh, I remember meeting Brandon Ash Muhammad, you know, earlier in my career. And, and that was amazing. And Sabrina Douglas, but there was no one that was actually like Muslim and like, proud to be Muslim talking about that on stage or, you know what I mean? So yeah, obviously, you know, I also had the feeling that, you know, I, I don't know, this is just kind of the thing that the reoccurring theme with all Canadian comics that Ali alluded to, which is like, you hit a ceiling and then you leave. So my thing was, I just really, I love this country. Let me just get good, get good here, really try to do as much as I can. And then, you know, and my whole thing was, I want to leave. I want to go to LA. But now, yeah. now I have more of a sober look on it because, um, you know, I, I, I really, I'm, I'm going to, you know, eventually make the move to New York. But my, my thing is, my goal at least is to sort of go back and forth because New York is a magical, beautiful place. And it's like the mecca of stand-up comedy, mm -hmm. but it's still America. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still, the politics are still a little shaky, you know? So, and Canada's like great for so many things so like yeah I think that's that was always sort of yeah I just kind of eyes on the prize because I, I would see like what was happening in the states and like it's just like even before before me like I, I mentioned Lauren Michaels and and Seth Rogen and Will Arnett and these are all comics that had to leave because it yeah. was like Jim Carrey you know what I mean he was a yuck yucks comic you know so it's like can you imagine if Jim Carrey had just stayed I don't know if he would be Jim Carrey you know so it's so it's a weird thing in Canada where it's like, I don't know, you got to like sort of reconcile. And that was the mindset I came in with was I was like, okay, I love Canada, but you know, at some point I'll have to like go back and forth kind of thing. And that is what kind of kept me going. It was seeing other comics flourish elsewhere because I wasn't really being appreciated um, in, in Canada, especially early on in my career. Now it's great. Now it's amazing, you know, <laughs> but back then it wasn't, wasn't great well at all. And it really, I mean, we're only really just getting there now. I mean, it's really only the last. And I mean, you know, because you came up at that time where it was just kind of starting to change, but very slowly. We're really only the last few years getting there now where, yeah, you do look at what's happening at, you know, JFL and Hubcap and all these festivals. You look at what's happening on television. It's like, okay, these are the comics who are here now. Finally, it's almost as if we were we only we only allowed ourselves to watch like five percent of what canadian comedy was so there was an entire yeah. audience out there that was just like this doesn't really speak to me at all and you hit the nail on the head there too hodo because we have this weird thing in canada where it's like well we're almost bashful about enjoying our own talents like well we're not going to really take ownership of them until america does then we'll be super proud of them That's and say they're canadian of, 
Yeah, it's really, it's actually quite depressing. And um, it was only until like my fourth or fifth year doing comedy that I started to see things slowly change. So can you imagine going half a decade into a career and then only then does it like start to really get great? You know, that's kind of depressing. It, it kind of is true. I mean, comics, I think, have realized now and come to a place now where the, you know, it's Can Canadian comedy is a small business. There's X amount of festivals. There's X amount of TV tapings and all that stuff. So comics have gotten to a place now where they're like, OK, well, we'll just build new stuff then. That's all. That's all we'll do. There's th there's yeah, we're not the states, but there's still 40 million people out there that we can we can just start producing our own albums and start our own labels and start our own tours and festivals. And the last few years, COVID aside, we've seen so much of that this huge sort of groundswell of that uh janelle i'll jump i'll jump over to you i mean for you same sort of a thing i mean I'm, for you coming up as a comic i'm sure you there weren't comics that you could look to and go okay these are people that i relate to and who have sort of who are talking about this material and a background that speaks to my background there was probably not really a lot of that for you either because canadian comedy was always sort of this very specific slice of the demographic and that was it that's who we saw on tv and that was it Oh, exactly. I came in and I'm an unconventional comic. Um, I scare the dudes and I love it. <laughs> so, they, so they leave me alone. So that's a good thing. <laughs> but uh, unconventional as a, I'm an indigenous woman with a mouth and uh, I have that auntie energy that comes and it's just full force. So I've harnessed it into my material. But coming into Ottawa as an indigenous comedian, um, it's a very politically charged town, right? Ottawa is a government town. Anytime I get up on stage, it's like they just took a module that day about why this isn't funny. <laughs> but if comedy is the last pinnacle is free speech, who better to say these hot button topics like these jokes than an indigenous black woman? Like I'm up here, I'm speaking, listen, it is in the guise of humor. I am trying to make you laugh. So I've had to start saying that at the beginning of my sets, you're allowed to laugh. White guilt was so 2019. You're allowed to laugh. <laughs> well, and I mean, obviously, like the last couple of years, especially because, I mean, first off, we've never had a spotlight on Indigenous performers. I think most people in Canada, probably most people who listen to this show will go, are there Indigenous comics? Because really, we never see them on TV. We never see them on festivals. They're out there gigging. They're out there on the road. It's a huge cross-section in Canadian comedy. We just were never exposed to it. Um, I, I was asking Tanya Tagak about that one time. I was like, who are some performers that we can have on the show like who's who are comics to watch and she gave me like this huge list of like here's somebody you should see this person's fantastic this person's fantastic and because because we never see it and i think janelle i mean you you pointed out i mean I, it's so true like comedy is all about taking this big scary stuff that no one's allowed to talk about and as comics you have that unique ability to sort of pull the funny out of it and relate it to people in a way that other people can and, and you know it's kind of a cliche it's kind of hack to say but you know comics are the ones who say the stuff that we're all thinking and we're sort of afraid to be able to laugh at or say out loud and Janelle I mean talking as an indigenous comic and a comic of color it's kind of a hugely important time for that to be in material right now too I mean we look at the last couple of years obviously in the midst of COVID and the climate falling apart and all that there was always also this massive groundswell of Black Lives Matter movement and this huge discussion there. And in Canada, we always have this guilty thing where we look at the states and go, oh, that's an American problem. No, it's not, because we are discovering so much of our own dark history right now in real time. How important is it for you to actually be able to tackle some of this stuff in your material right now? I think of it as 
how Bill Hicks and George Carlin did it. They always had something to say. It was on people's minds and they said it. And I want to be able to say it to Canada and the rest of the world and Turtle Island. Like these are our issues. We're, we're opening up a dialogue. We're starting a conversation. So uh, for what you were saying, if I could just jump back to uh, them not knowing what Indigenous comedians are in Ottawa, um, I actually have Gotland Indigenous Comedy Show. <laughs> so uh, I brought all the Indigenous comedians into one networking site just so that we can, you know, if anybody's looking for one, you know exactly where to look. Well, for that reason, and I mean, it's, and and again, it sort of goes back to that thing of, you know, it's sort of this whole, if you build it, they will come. I mean, we always bring up Kenny Robinson's Nubian show on here because so many comics came up across that stage because they said, yeah, because for 25 years, that was the only show that showcased comics of color. And guess what? When he started that show, audiences were coming out in droves because they were going, finally, it's not the same five guys that we watch on the galas on TV every year. This, this is comedy that speaks to us that we can relate to. And we were sort of overlooking such a massive audience in our comedy we we're just kind of doing this tiny little chunk and we pretended that was fine and that was it the new wave of comedy and of course you can see all these comics on cbc gem we'll be right back here on 640 toronto hi my name is holda hersey the vanilla version of my name is hodo hersey and you're listening to inside joe let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's your primitive is when yet. It's your primitive is when yet. If you got a big, let me search it. To find out how hard I gotta work yet. It's your primitive is when yet. It's your primitive is when yet. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967 i wonder if hecklers came back from the pandemic i don't i wonder if there's like professional hecklers that were waiting this whole thing out and they were you know comics were sitting just doing laps in their basements eight miling just waiting to get up on stage and talk about all this stuff maybe there were some hecklers out there doing the same thing missing the industry i don't know uh we're gonna throw it to hodo hersey because right before the break we were talking about Kenny Robinson's infamous Nubian show, which of course for 25 plus years has been a showcase for comics of color in Toronto. And some of our top comics that came out of this country in the last couple of decades really did cut their teeth on that stage. So Hodo, there was something you wanted to get oh, into. Oh yeah, now I, it was just like a small aside and now you're giving me this whole thing and I'm like, well, <laughs> oh, it's not even worth it. No, but I was just going to say like the Nubian show, obviously you mentioned it's been going on for 25 years. And then also like, you know, really big comics, black comics from the States, like Chappelle and Chris Rock, sorry, and, and Kevin Hart, I know, would do the show as well. So you'd have like an influx of also black comics from the States that would come in and, and, yeah. and do the show. So it's like, it's really like a, a gem in the Canadian comedy scene um, that I don't necessarily think gets the recognition it deserves from mainstream Canada. It's yeah. totally true. And I mean, even, you know, Darren Frost, who's Kenny Robinson's touring partner, they do the Rank and Vile show together. They've been working together for decades, but Darren Frost always goes on and on about that. He's like, Kenny Robinson has been crisscrossing the country for 40 years, playing in front of sold out theaters and playing the festivals and all this stuff. And he's still doing the same road work that he was doing all those decades ago because the industry just kind of, as comics, we always call him the godfather of Canadian comedy, but the industry itself is just like, eh, 
whatever. It's always weird. It's like that Kevin Hart thing again. It's like American comics come and work up here. JFL is always a great example of it because it's like summer camp for comedians. But American comics come up here and they go, wow, there's so much talent here. And they praise us and they talk about us on the air and they, you know, they come and do our radio shows and our TV shows and plug it themselves and all that. But in Canada, we're just like, eh, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> why, do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think we have such low self-esteem as, as like, I don't get it. What's, what's you, going on? Like, do you guys think it's like an identity crisis in Canada? Because I mean, you know, we have this weird thing where we're sort of like this weird stepchild between, you know, we've got the behemoth that is American media right next door, of course, but we also have so much of this UK stuff that's been sort of filtered into us, um, whether voluntarily or not, but we're this sort of this weird middle ground between British comedy and American stuff. I don't know. What do the three of you think? Do you think there's like this inherent just sort of bashfulness in Canadian comedy about being able to promote ourselves? Like we don't, we don't, we don't want to put ourselves out there in that way. I think there's a couple of things. I think um, for, I think, there is this trope about Canadians being apologetic. I think that is actually quite accurate. And there is a certain level of risk taking that happens in the States in terms of things that get made that doesn't necessarily happen in Canada. Just like things getting greenlit, content that you see, you know, like these shows are, the shows that are really pushing boundaries are American shows and the Canadian shows that have done it have had to jump through an unbelievable amount of hoops to do it and had to have really massive names attached in order to get greenlit. So I think there is a certain level of, it's not censorship, it's something It's something um, more subtle than that. But we see like mm. Quebec, for example, has a star system. Yeah. So it's very interesting how it is possible. Like you have like people who are in Quebec who can't leave their house without being recognized because they're massive stars making amazing careers in Quebec, but it doesn't exist. Like you don't know them in the rest of Canada. So, and obviously that's a language thing. Issue, of course, obviously. Here's a question for the panel as well. Do you feel that English speaking Canada, I guess, as we now outline that there was a star system in Quebec, but English speaking Canada, the entertainment spectrum is too Americanized. We're oversaturated in American content because the lifelong, from a producing aspect, it's cheaper to buy 24 episodes of the Big Bang Theory and lay that out every, you know, five, six hours returning on a television. Which they do. Produce a, a comedy gem, like, no pun intended, actually is a pun intended, CBC Jeff comedy <laughs> gem, but, uh, a show like Kim's Convenience that, hey, all of a sudden, hey, one came through. But is that from a financial aspect? Because we all know that the budgets for televisions and movies in, in America and the States is, is, astronomically high they'll put anything behind it because if they don't they, anything get the viewership they can get the star power to host in it or or to, to be a part of this they can get uh, you know amazing directors and they have all that stuff but it seems that american producers and especially from from comics like yourselves who are all waiting on you know i can get, i could have hosted that show i could have been starring in that mm-hmm. they're not given the breaks because essentially we're too Americanized. We're not, we, I, we don't meet up. I don't know what you're, what you're, yeah. I agree with you. I do think there's that. That's for sure a factor. I think another factor, and this is just based off my own experience of working in the States is there's a huge, like unspoken level of racial and gender discrimination that I think exists that no one's really acknowledging. So for example, I was writing on, I don't know if you guys know Rami Youssef, uh, he yep. has a show on Hulu. He won a Golden Globe, nominated for Emmy, Emmys, huge success. And Shout he has an 
uh, he has an adult animated show that's been greenlit on Amazon that I'm working on. We don't see that kind of stuff no. happening in no. Canada. There's no Arab Muslim that's the lead of a show. You know what I mean? Insecure won a bunch of, you know, had, was nominated for Emmys and Golden Globes. The lead is a dark-skinned Black woman, and she's telling her story. We're not seeing that kind of content being pushed in, in you know, Canada, which is, which is unfortunate. So I do think we are very much Americanized, but I also think something's going on with these gatekeepers and them not willing to, like, let women and people of color lead their own shows if and i could is. jump on oh, sorry. yeah for sure janelle yes please if i could jump on that it's uh canada is scared to take the risk because they believe they know their audience but we're coming up and we know our audiences and they need to take that risk for us and for canada because they're getting complacent there we go. That is an excellent way to cut to break. Going out with a bang on that segment. Uh, we're going to come back and wrap it up with our panel. This is the new wave of comedy now in season two on CBC Gem. And this is just some of the cross section of the mass amount of talent out there right now in Canadian comedy. And finally, the networks are putting that on TV as they should have been doing for the last 30 years. But we're going to come back with more Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto. My name is Janelle Niles, and if you're offended by my material, may the wagons I burn light my way. Now you're listening to Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on 640 Toronto, and of course, coast to coast, Canada-wide on the Global News radio network uh before the break yeah we were getting into some really good stuff about why we are so hesitant to actually highlight people in canadian comedy and i mean ali you pointed out something that we talk to talk about all the time on this show yes quebec has their own star system and yeah it's obviously hugely because of a cultural reason i mean they want to perform in the french language and and you know it is really interesting because they have their own trade papers they have people go out and watch films made in Quebec and they have celebrities and their standups are, I mean, you could go in downtown Montreal during JFL and watch 12,000 people gather in the streets to watch sugar Sammy perform outside. And it is funny because whenever we have Quebec comics on this show who are at that level, they're very much like the American comics. They come in, they're like, okay, I'm ready to do TV. I'm ready to do radio. Here's what I'm plugging. They share it all over their networks, all that stuff. American comics do that too. I mean, Jim Gaffigan came on twice last year. He's sharing it all over his own social and all that. Comics in English-speaking Canada don't really do that because, again, there's not really that platform there. And there's almost like this shyness to do that, to like put yourself out there in that way. It's almost like you'll do these gigs and then you'll just sort of keep yeah. that to, to yourself. Like we've been conditioned to do that for some reason. You can actually see it in a room. Like if you go to a club and like on any given night and actually a shout out to Dave Merhaj right now because he gave me some advice one time where I was opening for him at the Corner Comedy Club and he had someone hosting who was like, what are your credits? And I was like, oh, whatever, you can, nothing. You can just say like introducing. And he was like, no, 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 no. We don't do that what are your credits? Because like you earned them. So what are they? People should get excited about you. And I just remember being like, right, why are we apologizing for our hard work? Like, yeah. every, you know, all of us are 
we're not doing this. It's, it's not a hobby. Like, and, and there's this massive, like, um, I think under appreciation for comedy as an art form. And I think as time has gone on, especially during the pandemic, people were like, Oh, I want to laugh. Oh, people do this for a living. Like we're seeing it. People are coming to shows and they are, the audiences are electric. Like it's such a different energy. And it's like, we're, we're putting content out there and it's connecting with people. And there's a reason for that. And, you know, these jokes don't write themselves. Like all of the comics on, on new wave are working extremely hard. So it's like to, to, take that power away from yourself isn't actually serving anybody. It's just kind of like downplaying our industry, which I think is the cycle that we've been in for a really long time. So it's not like a, it's not like an, an ego, like cockiness. It's just like acknowledging that you're taking steps for your career in the same way that we celebrate promotions in other career, we should be celebrating these things in our industry as well in comedy. It is so true. And I mean, as you said, the whole, you know, it's not just audiences who need who who need to realize the fact that this is not a hobby. It's comics themselves. And I mean, now that we are coming out of two years of COVID, New Wave is a perfect example of it's yeah, these are working career comics. This is who this is who represents our comedy industry in Canada. This is who stuck through two years of 90% of things being closed where you had to do shows online or build your own stuff. This is who stuck it through. These are, this is not one giant open mic. This is the industry. You are all working career comics. You are all representative of this is what the landscape is right now. Uh, and New Wave is like such a perfect cross section of that because it's a snapshot of here we are right now. These are the voices in Canadian comedy. Speaking of which, we will go around our panel, find out where we can find all of you performing, all your socials, albums, anything you have coming up. And of course, we'll uh, let the audience know about where they can watch new wave on cbc gem hodo we'll throw it to you where can we find you online listen to you stream you watch you live all that good stuff um you know i do have a couple things that i can't talk about Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um so just um follow me on all social media at hodo comedy so that's h-o-o-d-o -O -O, comedy one word uh, on Instagram, um, Twitter, TikTok, um, my website, hodocomedy.com. So there you go. And I also bought the misspellings of my name. So people go <laughs> H-O-D-O -O comedy. That was advice I remember hearing Roy Wood Jr. say, buy the misspellings of your, your domain because people will mess it up. That's pretty and clever. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so if you spell it H-O-D-O -O comedy, doesn't matter. Still going to my website. That is a good move right there. Janelle Niles, where can we find you live, on stage, online, all that good stuff? All right. I am not ashamed to promote myself online. Uh, I have uh, Facebook. I have Instagram at Janelle Niles and on TikTok at First Rays of the Sun Woman. And I have two shows coming up. I have uh, Absolute Comedy on the 23rd here in Ottawa, Ontario on Preston Street at the 8 p.m. show. And also a Just for Laughs showcase with Gotland Indigenous Comedy Show, May 6th. Excellent. There we go. And Ali Pierce, where can we find you other than, of course, New Wave on CBC Gem? I am at Ali underscore Pierce on all platforms. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. A-L-L-I-E underscore P-E-A-R-S-E, -E, complicated both ways. And I am producing a show at Comedy Bar on April 23rd at 9 p.m. It's called Hot Mess Birthday. 
for my birthday. So <laughs> come on out, let me live up my title, my show title. <laughs> there we go. And that is our panel. Don't forget, you can watch all of these comics and just a great cross-section of who Canadian comedy is right now on New Wave of Comedy on CBC Gem. That is our show. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online. We will be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx features Hodo Hersey. We need to make racism more equal. But there's all this talk in America about this Muslim ban, okay? And as a Muslim, I just think if we're going to ban Muslims from America, fine, okay? Let's just do the same for white guys going solo to Thailand. Let's just spread that hatred even, you know? Listen, a lot of times people like using the term Muslim terrorist, which is fine, but let's start using the term white pedophile. It feels redundant. You're like, duh, but let's just spread that hatred even. Right?